Hello and welcome. My name is Pastor Shane Britt, and it is such an honor to have you join our podcast today. I pray that you will find something uplifting and encouraging in the word you are about to hear. Also, please feel free to connect with us via Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. I'm so excited about what you're about to hear. Let's dive right into the word of God. I'm just going to be real with y'all this morning. Your worship. Your worship is what changes everything. It's also predicated on your miracle too as well. What are you willing to do for that miracle? Let's give him some praise this morning. Why don't you lift up your voice? You're worthy, Jesus. Where would I be without you, Jesus? I'm so thankful for you, Jesus. I wish I could just be like, you are dismissed. But I think pastor would be upset with me. Because you've already laid the foundation of what I'm about to minister to you with. And I don't care if you stand. I don't care if you sit. Thank you so much, Madison, for playing. That's beautiful. There's just something about the sweet presence of the Holy Ghost that sweeps in and just changes everything. And I know Pastor always says, thank you, praise team, for ushering that in. But I want to thank you as well for worshiping this morning with the praise team. Thank you, Brother Tanner. I would like to thank Pastor uh, for trusting me today and to express my gratitude. And I know we're thankful for our pastor. Are you thankful for your pastor today who embodies the values of mercy, grace, and love? And I also want to thank all of you who have paved the way in this apostolic faith. Bishop Pitts and Sister Ann, thank you for loving me too and my son. But thank you as well, congregation, for loving me and helping me to become the young man I am today. And of course, my parents, thank you for never bending and never bowing. Can't leave the one and only out, my wife. I want to thank her, but I also want to praise her this morning that I don't get to do often. She's anointed and she can sing, can't she? And I'm thankful. Are you thankful for a worship pastor that is anointed? That's not a shame to mess up or crack at times. She just get on it and get it. And I'm thankful for that. And I'm going to let you be seated this morning. I'm going to be your best friend because I'm going to get in and get out. But I'm going to read from Ruth chapter 1. And I'm going to start at verse 7. Just so you all know, you all time crunchers. It's 1137. I'm going to be as quick as possible, but I also want the anointing to fall. And I want someone to walk away encouraged in the Lord and in your walk with God. 
it's really hard at times to transition from that move that we just felt. And I want you to keep that spirit because it just ties right into the word that God has given me. Ruth chapter 1, verse 7. It's on the screen. It says, Wherefore she went forth out of the place where she was, and her two daughter-in-law with her, and they went on the way to return unto the land of Judah. And Naomi said unto her two daughters-in-law, Go return each to your mother's house. The Lord deal kindly with you, as ye have dealt with the dead and with me. The Lord grant you that ye may find rest, each of you, in the house of your husband. Then she kissed them and lifted up their voice, and they wept. And they said unto her, Surely we will return with thee unto thy people. And Naomi said, Turn again, my daughters. Why will ye go with me? Are there yet more sons in my womb, that they may be your husbands? Turn again, my daughters. Go away, for I am too old to have an husband. If I should say I have hope, if I should have an husband also tonight, and should also bear sons, would ye tarry for them till they are grown? Would ye stay for them from having husbands? Nay, my daughters, for it grieveth me much for your sakes, and that the hand of the Lord is gone again, out against me. And they lifted up their voices and wept again, and Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clave unto her. And she said, Behold, my sister-in-law is gone back unto her people and unto her gods. Return thou after thy sister-in-law. And Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave thee, or to return from following after thee. For whither thou goest, I will go. Where thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people, and thy God my God. Where thou diest, I will die, and there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me, and more also, if I ought but death part thee and me. When she saw that she was steadfastly minded to go with her, she, then she left speaking unto her. So they two went until they came to Bethlehem, and it came to pass when they were come to Bethlehem that all the city was moved about them. And they said, Is this Naomi? And she said unto them, Call me not Naomi, call me Mara, for the Almighty hath dealt very bitterly with me. I went out full, and the Lord hath brought me again home again empty. Why then call ye Naomi? Seeing the Lord hath testified against me, and the Almighty hath afflicted me. So Naomi returned, and Ruth the Moabitess, her daughter-in-law, with her, which returned out of the country of Moab. And they came to Bethlehem in the beginning of barley harvest. You may be seated. Thank you for standing in honor of the word. Like Pastor always says, if uh, you're going to preach with me today, go ahead and take a seat. But if you ain't going to preach, go ahead and stand with me. Can I get amen? Amen. Thank you, Sister Madison. And um, Lindsay, uh, I want you to preach with me because I was down there worshiping during your set. See, I want you to worship with me. Come on, amen, right? I better see, I know she needs it this morning. So get your breakthrough. This is your breakthrough this morning. The book of Ruth, chapter one, we understand that this story is opening up to a heartbreaking moment. It's devastating. Naomi, having lost her husband and both of her sons, returns to Bethlehem with a daughter-in-law who is not an Israelite, but a Moabite. She returns to Bethlehem, and uh, the Ruth, the daughter-in-law, that uh, she realizes is uh, going to stay with her through this situation and is going to be 
faithful to her. And they go back to Bethlehem because of uh, the Lord had visited and was bringing bread. And so they knew that they could eat there. As the woman of Bethlehem, as the woman of Bethlehem welcomed her, the women of Bethlehem welcome her back. Uh, she responds with some bitter words. She wants to change her name, right? Don't call me Naomi, call me Mara, because the Almighty has been afflicted upon me and has brought me very, made me very bitter. And she says, I went away full from the Lord, but I have returned empty. My title this morning is just a simple word, empty. I was asking God when pastor asked me to, to preach, I call it treach. I wouldn't call myself, you know, but uh, a, a preaching, you know, but I'm a treacher. I want to I wanna get excited, but at the same time, I want to I wanna just talk to people. I want to show people that I love them. I want to show people that I care. I want people to realize that they have a purpose in life. If you place yourself in Naomi's shoes just for a second, would you be here today? If you had lost everything. Naomi's words reveal the depth of pain and anguish that she is feeling. She's grieving the loss of her loved ones, her two sons and husband, the difficulty of this journey she's about to take, and this sense of emptiness that she feels inside. And yet, as we read these words, we can also sense a deep faith with the underpins of Naomi's grief. So we see faith in the works. She recognizes that her life has been shaped by the hand of God, and that even in her pain, she can trust in the goodness and his sovereignty. I don't think many times we focus on the sovereignty of Jesus. We don't focus on the goodness of Jesus. We just think of the now moment. What's happening in the now moment? What's, what's going on now in my life? What, what, what's, what am I doing now instead of focusing on what God has done? What God has done. Today I'm speaking to somebody out there, a mother, feels like they're not good enough. A father that says, I'm not worth it. Don't reach me. And also a young person that maybe feels like I just can't make another day. Let me tell you that the emptiness you feel, God is still right there. All you have to do is just reach out. And he will be there through your journey. So we get so wrapped up in our journey, like, this is my journey. This is what I'm going to do. And this is how I feel like God's going to do it. Well, if God's not in it, it ain't, it ain't his journey. It's your journey. And that's doomed for a disaster. But when you put God in the midst of your journey, let me tell you, God will direct your path. He will direct your direction. And he will lift you up when you're feeling at your loneliness and your emptiness. When you're struggling, he ain't struggling. He's going to lift you up. When we think of Naomi's words, we can find comfort in the fact that we serve a God who is sovereign. In the midst of our pain and our struggles, we can be assured that God is going to be a sovereign God to us and a good God as well. We can trust that God is with us. He's going to be working through all the things for our good, as Brother Paul talked this morning about when we just lay it all at his feet. Everything changes. We may feel empty at times, but we can be confident that God will fill us up with his love, his grace, 
and his mercy. Last year, God really dealt with me personally in my life. I'm always the one that says, they'll reap what they sow, Brother Sparks, Brother Cordova. They're going to reap what they sow. I held on to that like it was something that had power to it. It was just like, I hope they reap what they sow, what they did to me or what, you know, we've all been there, right? We've all been to a place where we just wanted to, wanted to see sometimes not the greatest thing to happen to people. They're going to reap what they sow. Well, God struck me down right there at the chicken coop. I said, I said, whoa. I was like, I was just feeding the chickens, you know. He said, where's the mercy? Where's the mercy at that I laid down for you? Where's the mercy at that I gave you? You shouldn't say something like that. And I'm like, then you start questioning, was that just something? Was that really Jesus? Was that just something in my mind saying that? No, it changed my perspective. So now when I say you reap what they sow, I hope they sow, I hope they reap mercy. I hope they reap grace. I hope they reap the love that, I've, that I maybe wasn't shown at a time in my life. I want them to reap mercy. I want to show grace and favor upon people that may not have the benefit of the doubt, but I want to give them the benefit of the doubt. I never want to be judged accordingly how I've judged others because there's something about the mercy of Jesus there's something about the mercy that changes everything in your life when you can show mercy, when you can show grace and favor upon someone that that's maybe is not worth it. When I think of the mercy of Jesus, I tell you what, I just want to run. I can leave this and just run because I know his mercy has been a reflection over my life. Someone said, add a story to your message. So I was reflecting on some stories, and I don't know if y'all know this, but me and Brother Tanner, we were in school together. Sister Kuhorn was my teacher for years, and uh, we have some stories, don't we? We have some, man, I don't, I'm surprised we're alive, honestly. We played football on rocks, uh, on gravel, in uh, pavement, uh, wherever we could on a hill that was very dangerous. I don't know why we played on, messed our hips and everything else up. Jesus help us. But I was reflecting on some stories and I, I was thinking about when I was a wee little lad, I was 22. No, I wasn't 22, I was about nine, nine or 10. And this is no heartache to my parents. I love y'all, I forgive you. I'm still working on this, but I forgive you. But I was like, what story can I relate to this where I felt empty and I thought about last year. It was, a, it was a hard time for me. Transitions are difficult. But I'm so thankful for a youth pastor that is willing to sacrifice everything to serve the Lord and give it all to God. Ain't you thankful for Brother Zach and Sister Madison and what they're doing? Aren't you thankful for a youth pastor that will preach the word, that lives the word, that instructs the word? I, I'm thankful. Brother Zach, I will call you my youth pastor. You're my youth pastor too. But last year was a difficult year. And I was like, no, I'm not going to hit on that. It's kind of, you know, I'm going to hold that a later time. So I was like, when I was younger, let's go back to when I was just a baby. A nine, I wasn't a baby, but. My parents had purchased some land out in Lawrence County. We have any Lawrence County people up in here? Come on, amen. What, what? 
We had 72 acres, and uh, we had a fancy double wide. It had a porch wrapped all around it. It was living life. It was beautiful. It was farm country. It was, it was everything that a young person would want. And then the horses came. And my, my mom and dad, they just got excited about purchasing horses. And we had 30-something horses at the end of the day. And mind you, there's four. I have three brothers, and we were the ones really taking care of them. But there was a time when those horses, we were going to ride them and we have to get them shod. So that means a horseshoe. You play in horseshoes. It's, we're going to put a horseshoe on the bottom of their feet, on their hoof. And uh, we would take them to Amish country. Well, at nine years old, I thought Amish country was out of the state. I didn't know that it was just in Tennessee, just a little two-hour drive. I go inside to get something, and I come back out. Well, my parents are not there. I don't see a horse trailer. And I... Mind you, I'm nine, nine or ten, and I did not panic, y'all. I was like, okay, maybe they just drove over to the lean-to. So I walk to the lean-to. They're not there. And then I go to the well house, which I don't know why I thought anyone would be in there because it's tiny. And I went in there, and nobody was there. So I'm like, oh, I bet they may have got, her name was Julie. And I was like, maybe they went to the back of the pond, back of the property where the pond was, where Julie might be, and they were picking her up out there. Well, I, I walked all the way out there. We didn't have no fancy gator or anything like that, and the timber wolf was broken down. Uh, it was a four-wheeler, and so I walked all the way to the back of the pasture. This is 72 acres. I'm nine years old, y'all. They're, they're not back there. They're not back there. So I walk back to the front, and I go into the RV that they had on the property, and Y'all get where I'm going, right? They weren't there. So I'm sitting in the, the house, and I'm, I'm focusing on, I'm nine. I don't even know. I just sat there, and I just started crying. And I remember crying for hours. I even fell, my, I fell asleep, and I woke up, and I had all the crusty tears, you know. I'm going somewhere. Give me a second. And I'm laying there, and it gets to that, it's a summer, so you know when the the sun's coming over, and it's just like, it gets to that end of the day. You know the day's ending. I said, they've left me. I was probably like, they left me. And I started crying. I just remember I felt so empty. I felt like I was left. I, I'm pretty sure that's probably how the rapture is going to feel. I felt left like they didn't, they're not coming back. They're not going to come back for me. And so, I can say this now because back then my brothers made fun of me, but now I can say this. And I, uh, I grabbed the family photo. If you want to laugh, you can, but I grabbed the family photo because that's all I had left of my family. I was like, they're gone. And I remember realizing that that was the first time I think I ever felt truly empty. Nobody was there. Nobody was there. But I found comfort in the photo. I remember hanging on to it, and I probably was dramatic, y'all. Bear with me. And I remember holding that photo of my parents, and I, uh, I mean, like, I just remember I'm going to walk to them. I don't know where they're at, but I'm going to walk to them. And I grabbed that photo, and I, our driveway was a mile long. The bus wouldn't even come down there. We had to walk to the end. 
And uh, I remember walking, and I just was crying. And I would say it probably was like four or five, like when that sun, five o'clock maybe in the summer, five or six. And I remember seeing something sparkly because they had aluminum horse trailer. And I remember seeing that sparkle, you know, like the sun reflecting off of it. And there was so much joy. I just, I was, y'all, I'm just, I was like, they're here! I said, they're here! And I remember taking off running, and they can, they can tell you, I was in the middle of the road, and they were like, get in. I don't even think they even said anything. But I remember that moment when I saw that truck, I saw safety. I saw all my pain vanish. I saw all my emptiness disappear. Today, I want to encourage us to bring our pain and our emptiness before the Lord at the altar. He knows your heart. He knows your struggles. He walks with you. He trusts you, and he wants to be in your life every day. He loves you. He wants to show his sovereignty when you may not deserve it. He wants to fill you up this morning. That presence of peace. That surpasseth all understanding, that peace that was there when I saw them. Musicians, you can come. See, I told you I wasn't going to be in long. There was a peace, so when I saw that truck, that horse trailer, and I saw that they were there, they were going to be back in time, and, you know, we could go all through that story, and we could. But I want to share with you Naomi's words in Ruth chapter 1, verses 20 and 21, and how they can speak to our lives today. Naomi's statement, don't call me Naomi, call me Mara, is, a, is significant because the name Naomi means pleasant or delightful, while the name Mara means bitter. I'm not going to look anywhere, but there's been a place in my life that I was bitter. And I just, when you've been raised in it, it's like you wouldn't say it's bitter, but it was bitter. You try to hide it with other things. I'm just cautious. I'm just... I'm just going to be, I'm just going to be, you know, slow to do anything. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to step back. I'm, but no, I was bitter. Naomi's life has been marked by a tragedy and a loss, and she feels that her name no longer reflects the reality of her circumstances. She has returned to Bethlehem empty-handed with nothing to show for herself. And that journey that was with her daughter-in-law, who is not an Israelite, I don't know if you, you, read, you study that out. It's, it wasn't looked fawn upon. It was, it was just, you don't do that. Naomi's statement of feeling empty is also such a, a powerful statement because it reflects a spiritual and emotional emptiness. At times, I felt like I had nothing to offer God. At times, I felt spiritually bankrupt. I felt like I was just going through the motions without any sense of purpose or meaning. Naomi's words also reflect a deeper trust in God's sovereignty and his ability to bring redemption out of even the most difficult situations. I know I've said sovereignty a lot this morning, but there's just something powerful about the word. Despite her sense of emptiness, Naomi recognizes that God has the power to fill her up and to provide for her needs. For years, I've always been like, just trust God. I've preached it. I've 
taught to the youth. I, I said it during the Sunday school. Even when I wasn't up here doing it, I was doing a Bible study. Or I was just talking to a brother or a sister. I would always bring up trust God, 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 trust God. And we hear it so much that we lose what the meaning of the word is. I got so wrapped up in just a trust word that I forgot the meaning. And that if I was going to go through something, was I going to trust God? And I'll just go ahead and talk a little bit about it. Last year, I had forgotten the word of trust. Did I trust in the last 24 years of having the Holy Ghost? Or did I not? We live by faith that we're saved through faith and by the renewing of our minds and the Holy Ghost and the power of the baptism in Jesus' name. Acts 2.38, then Peter said unto them, repent, be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. I said that really quick. Bible quizzing is important. Getting the word is important. Like I said, I had just that photo. Naomi, all she had was her past of having the word. And she knew she had to go back to the place where she was going to get fed. And in the midst of your circumstance, in the midst of your pain, in the midst of your struggles this morning, God is with you. And he's working all things for your good. As you stand this morning, and I want God to call you to the altar this morning. I asked the question, how can I apply this story to my life? One way is to cultivate a deeper sense of trust in God's goodness and his sovereignty. Even when I didn't understand the reasons for the suffering or for the pain, I told Brother Zach last night, Brother Zach spoke a few weeks ago on, is he still God? That message played in my head while I was reading this story and this word that was, that God had dumped in my spirit in January. The word empty, the word empty. It's void. There's nothing there. It's empty. And today as I seek to live a life of faithfulness and obedience. I want to devote my time to God. And I can remember the time when I felt empty. It was a scary place. I'm not trying to be savvy with y'all this morning. It was a place where I didn't know where God was sending me. I was questioning everything. I was, God, what are you doing with me? And then my flesh, oh, this is what I've done. 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 I've laid this. I've laid that. And God said, did you do it for me or for yourself? And I look over my life and I look at the people that I've just been involved with and the effect of, of their love that they shared to me in times when I felt so empty. And I say, God, I just want to give to others the same way that people have given to me. 
I said, I don't, I don't want to go through the motions. I don't want to forget that mercy that he showed me. Because I know that God is willing to fill me up when I'm empty. Sister Aaron, God has a plan for your life. Just seven years old, I remember you singing. God still has that call on your life. No matter how far you run, God still, it just shows the story of Ruth, Naomi. Ruth had no business going with Naomi. But it just shows the parallel between Ruth and Jesus, that Jesus never leaves. You know how far you go out in the world, but he still pulls you back in slowly. I'm thankful I serve a God this morning that's pulling on me every day of my life. When I wake up in the morning, when I lay my head down on my pillow at night, that his love, his grace, and his mercy is showing forth in my life. The middle of this week, I jumped in the bed with Brooks, and he was crying. And there's just, when a baby cries, it's just, uh. and I know Lindsay said I'm the, makes her look like the bad, bad guy. But I jumped in that bed, this little twin mattress bed, and I'm laying there, and he puts his little hand on my face, and he was trying to get up and play. I said, no, buddy, we're going to bed this mor- tonight, not this morning. We're going to bed tonight. And he kind of wiggles, and he rolls over, and I noticed he was just uneasy, and so I started pulling the, don't be, I'm not a bad parent, so don't judge me. I started pulling the pillows, and we had a little blanket in there, and I started pulling those tight around us. And it was like maybe five or ten minutes, he passed out. It was difficult to get out. But I got out, and I went in there, and I, I told Lindsay, I said, uh, it's crazy. I said, I think I just got a little, a little nugget. He, wasn't, he didn't feel safe until I started bringing stuff around him. And I started letting him know that he was touching something. When it was so open, he couldn't get, he was restless. He just couldn't stop moving. But when I was bringing it in, and every father in here has done that, you know it's just something that he just felt safe. He felt safe with, with those things around him. This morning, I want you to find comfort in the words of Naomi. I want you to trust in the goodness and the sovereignty of our God, even in the midst of your emptiness. As you make your way down to the altar, I'm going to read this one more time. Naomi said, I went out full, and the Lord hath brought me home empty. Today you've been brought here because you may have felt empty. Today is your day to be full again. Get that joy back. Get those dreams back that God has spoken to you. God's called you to preach. Step out and preach. God's called you to be a Sunday school teacher. Step out and teach. God has called you to be an usher. Be, a, be an usher this morning. If he's called you to be a greeter, be a greeter. Show yourself friendly. They're about to sing this song. I'm not holding anything back this morning. Use me, Lord. Use me, Lord. This morning, I don't want to just 
go through the motions. I don't want to just say I got filled up but really didn't get filled. I still have a sense of emptiness. But I want the Spirit of God to fall upon you this morning, and I speak it in the name of Jesus, that all those who may feel empty this morning, God, that you would fill them with your Spirit, Jesus. If you don't mind just lifting up your hands and let's cry before the Lord this morning, God, I'm withholding nothing from you, Jesus. I let it all go, Jesus. I lay my emptiness down before you, Jesus. I surrender everything to you, Jesus. appropriate to take the hand next to you I want you to speak a prophetic word over if it's your spouse I want you to speak over your spouse this morning if it's your friend I want you to speak faith into your friend this morning that the emptiness that you may felt or have feel been feeling lately I ask that God would just pour out his spirit upon you situation, I want you to speak over that family member. Remember, God never leaves them. God will never forsake you. 